From the Bristol Herald Courier, I'm Delina Matthews, and this is On the Record. This week, On the Record, reporter Laura Spell speaks to retired school resource officer Carolyn Kutcher and Sheriff's Office Lieutenant Gary Midland about their memories of Sullivan County Sergeant Steve Hinkle, who died Tuesday after being shot on February 23rd while responding to a welfare check. And the Herald Courier's new sports editor, Brian Woodson, gives us the latest update in the state basketball tournament in this week's sports roundup. Oh, he's just a jewel. Um, very caring. Would help anybody that asked, some that didn't. If he saw the, a, a need, he talked to you about it, try to fix it and help you get through it. Oh, it's just so much about Steve Hink. I called him Hink, H-I-N-K, because <laughs> okay. he was, oh, at, at times he was funny. He would, uh, of course, he picked on me a lot because I laughed at him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he he just had one. He was a true John Wayne individual. He loved to shoot. He loved to show you how to shoot. He got me ready before I went to the academy to uh, for the fire range part. Fire range part. He's just—I I don't even know—I have no bad words about Hinkle. Um, we we traveled to um, SRO conference, and um, we went to Pigeon Forge. Uh, one time we went to SRO. Um, it was a national one in Florida. Um, we've been on trips with um, our AAA where we did the um, students, from fifth graders from this area, uh, where we escorted the buses, went with them on tour. Oh, gosh, it's not much. Oh, man, I, I don't know. Hinkle was just, I just have nothing bad to say about it. Very um, religious. Uh, we talked about church occasionally. Um, I know when um, my mother passed away, and I was just, that was back in 09, and he talked to me because his mother had died, I think, the year before mine. And um, I was just uh, whining and crying, and what did he say? Oh, he said, he said, Good, just think of her as gone away. Instead of saying she's dead. Mm-hmm. It's just the way he put it just made me go, okay, that's not bad. It is a good way of putting it. But the biggest thing with him and me, <laughs> excuse me, we had, uh, we worked with the um, bully camp we would have in the summers when school was out. Uh-huh. He gave me, I, I don't know where he got, he, he, had, a, he had painted a, a rock, a pink rock. And he wrote in black Psalms 4610, be still. He would always tell me, be still and know. I thought, oh, hang, he said for me to put that on my desk at school, which I did. And I had to look at it because I'd get all tore up with issues that would happen. And he would say, now, be still, be still, good. He was just, oh man, gentle giant. He was a gentle giant. I could go on and on, but 
don't know. He was just so loved by every. I don't know anybody that didn't like him. His words. He just has such good way of putting things that made you feel better about stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's that's just some of the things. It's it's so much. I'd have to keep you all night. But he. I don't. I, I have no other way of describing him as just a good, gentle giant, um, caring, um, concerned. If you were down, they said, "Now you need me. You better call me." You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. just. Oh man, good man. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about who he is as a person? Steve was a, he was just an easygoing, uh, as good a person as you could ask for. If you needed something done, you, he would be the man you could go ask and, and he would do it. Um, uh, he, uh, I always carried a coffee cup. Uh, I'm sure he probably kept the coffee manufacturers around here in business, but he, um, he would drink coffee if it was 20 degrees outside or 120. <laughs> um, said so it kept him cool, but um, he we worked together on the firing range and just in, in one, you know, just job description or another. And um, in fact, we'd done the Meals on Wheels program the last, uh, the last couple of times I did it, the last few weeks, uh, I, I commandeered him and we went out and delivered. And um, he, he just didn't care to help you do whatever needed done. What about his personality? Uh, he was he, he was unique. He he liked the um, love the guns in the old west, and and he would um, he would dress up in his authentic garb, and you know he would uh, the old west days and stuff was was right down his alley. Um, he would just, you know, I, I never saw him just break down in life. He would always just chuckle at that stuff and and go on. You just you just couldn't get him to to just turn loose. He was just a just good old level Steve, you know. He just one one speed. Um. <clears throat> so, as far as an officer involved shooting, have you ever dealt with that before now? Um, I was here when. Clayton Parker, I think it was 1990, the last one mm-hmm. we had, and you'd have to check the date on that. I can't remember, but I think he was the last one we had uh, related to a gunfire incident. We've lost a couple officers since then, but they've all been vehicle-related or health-related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe 1990 is right. Uh, we were looking back at that. Uh, right. So, so what is it like to deal with that? Well, it, it's it's a difficult thing for everyone here, and the, of course, you know the family. But in this line of work, you're you're all family because you work hand in hand with these people, and it's um, it makes it difficult for everybody across the board, um, and especially when you're trying to help someone or think you're helping someone else and then the table turns instead of you know there to help they're they're trying to hurt you so it it makes it difficult when you know you're you're trying to do the right thing and then it's um i I just don't know how to explain it it's 
it's just hard to understand why somebody would try to hurt you for trying to help them. Right. Have you ever been in a situation where you've had to draw your gun on somebody because you thought they were going to hurt you? or? Oh, uh, I'm... I'm sure there, there's been several times I was I was shot in the line of duty in '99. Okay. Um, so it's you know I mean there there's a lot of times you'll have your gun out, not necessarily anticipating you're going to get shot at there, or, but you know there, there's times you'll have your your gun out of the holster and, and whoever you're talking to may not even know, especially on a traffic stop, that that just that it's out. Mm-hmm. But searching buildings and you know, you always expect the worst and hope for the best. It's just a difficult, difficult thing to do. And, and then you're required to make, you know, a, a tenth of a second decision that maybe a judge or jury would look at for months. Can you tell me a little bit more about getting shot in the line of duty? It was... <clears throat> It was a domestic incident back in, and I think it was June of '99, and um, the um, the guy had had resisted and um, had had kicked the rear wind out of my car and jumped out and ran. And one of the other officers uh, that had pulled up actually chased him, was ahead of me, and chased him down and um, knocked the guy down and. Um, he rolled off of the, the, the officer rolled off of the bad, I'll say the bad guy for lack of a better term, so you know who I'm talking about. Okay. Rolled off of him, and um, by that time I'd caught up with him, and the other officer come back up, and he, he grabbed the other officer's gun, and it discharged and hit me in the, went and blow my vest and came out my hip. Mm. So it, um, it missed it, it went between my pelvis and femoral artery, so we, you know I had about a half inch on either side of it. So, um, was it a, a serious injury, or or you were able to? Well, it pretty serious? I was able. No, I avoided. I was out <clears throat> probably three weeks, and um, it uh, it missed it missed everything in there but muscle. So once it healed up, I was able to come back to work. So having actually experience being shot in the line of duty does it make this a little more i guess difficult or close to home for you with deputy hinkle oh absolutely i mean you, you know you don't you don't want anybody to to get shot i mean even even the people we're out here trying to apprehend you don't want to have to shoot them um but it, it you know it, it's just like I say it's a difficult situation and um uh, you know, and it's not just difficult for our agency. It's difficult, you know. All the, all, every officer knows. You know, you, you expect to go home in the in the, the at the end of the shift, but it's not guaranteed. Next up, here's Brian Woodson with the Sports Roundup. Hello, this is Brian Woodson, the sports editor for the Bristol Herald Courier, and this is our podcast for the week. Just looking back at the state tournament action on Friday night, which we, of course, don't know about because I'm doing this on Thursday, but I will tell you that we had we went from having 50 teams still active going into last week, and now we have nine left on uh, Friday night. 
It's the, no longer can you win and or lose. Now you have to win or you're done. In the last couple of weeks, you've been able to win or lose and to keep playing, but that ends to the, this week. So on Friday night, we had several games in the area, uh, nine actually, involving uh, several, ten local teams. And if they win, then they'll move on to play on Tuesday in the state semifinals. And then in the state finals, if they were to win then, they would play in the state finals on Saturday in Richmond. Uh, looking at the games that were being played on Friday night in the VHSL Class 1 uh, boys, our local teams were uh, Eastside playing Auburn and J.I. Burton playing George Wythe. And if they were both, if if uh, either Burton or George Wythe, either one will definitely make the semifinals on Tuesday. If Eastside was to beat Auburn, then they would be playing, and we would definitely have a local team playing in the state championship game next Saturday. In VHSL Class 2, we have Radford and Graham that played on Friday night in Gate City and Martinsville. And if the local teams win, they'll play on Friday. I'm sorry, Tuesday in the semifinals. Then the Gate City will try to get back to the finals and repeat. They don't have Mac McClung this year, but Bradley Dean and Zach Irvin and John Compton are all three very good players who can probably help the Blue Devils Try to compete with Radford, which should be Graham, but you never know this time of year. In girls' action, the VHSL Class 1 tournament, our local team was Patrick Henry, which was playing Perry McClure, the very young Patrick Henry team. And then Honaker played Galax at Virginia High in another semi-quarterfinal game. If those local teams win, they would continue to play on Tuesday and then into Saturday in the championship game. And the VHSL Class 2 tournament uh, got uh, Ridgeview playing Floyd County, which is going to be a tough task for them because Floyd County's got a lot of tradition at Auburn. And then Wise County Central, which has won, I believe, the last two state championships and three of the last four played Martinsville on on Friday night. And if they were to win, they would be playing the state semifinals on Tuesday and could possibly return to the Richmond on next Saturday. So that's a, just a look at what we have going on now in Virginia. Like I said, Vector Tuesday, we'll know, uh, well, after Friday night, we'll know which teams move on to Tuesday's semifinals. Then we'll know after Tuesday who's playing in the state championship games. Our Tennessee teams have been eliminated. Tennessee High loss in the TSSA Region 1 AAA first-round game with uh, an overtime to Sevier County, which ended up winning that um, region. And Sullivan Central girls were knocked out in the first round for loss to Granger uh, last week. So that's a look at what our basketball is going on. We'll get spring sports going here pretty soon. Basketball and our coverage area will be finished after, or in, at least in uh, high schools, will be done effective next Saturday. And then we'll move on to either local colleges or get on to some spring sports. And I think we're all ready for spring. So thank you for listening. And uh, anybody have any uh, suggestions for more podcasts or other ideas of what we could do here. Um, I'm new here. This is only my third or fourth week. Feel free to drop me an email at uh, bwoodson45. I'm sorry, that's wrong. That's my home. That's my personal number. The, the address here at the office is bwoodson at bristolnews.com. My Twitter handle is bhcwoodson. And I appreciate your listening, and have a good week, and we'll be talking to you again next week. Thank you. On the Record is made possible by David McKee, David Krieger, Delina Matthews, and Brian Woodson. Thanks for listening.
We'll see you next week.